continue. Page 7. How do you lead yourself financially? I want to write my points for you. Then we'll have time to really pray. You know, we'll teach, we'll pray, we'll teach, we'll pray. I believe after this conference, your finance will never remain the same. I can't hear you, amen. amen. Ministers of God, let God change us about money. And I can assure you, until our attitudes change, the way God releases money into our hands will not change. That's all I've learned. I'll tell you a story. I won't mention name, but it's a true life story. I have a pastor friend. When it comes to money, there's no rule. He will come back, bite you, backstab you, destroy you, just to have uh, money. And if you give him money, he will only praise you when you give him that money. Once he has collected it, he has spent it, he will start to destroy you until you give him another one. So, at a point, when I discovered that, I discovered that, ah, I need to put a line of demarcation between me and this one. This one, we can't walk the journey of heaven together. You know, I didn't understand it too much until, was that not Tuesday? Monday! A friend of mine from Benin Republic came and we're talking about how he left his church. He said something. It's as if I've never seen that scripture before. We're talking about Lot leaving Abraham. You know what he told me? He said, yesterday Sunday I preached a message in my church. I titled it, God loves separation, but he hates disunity. I said, what do you mean by that? He said, did you read the passage? And Lord separated from Abraham. He said, it has the hand of God. He said, it's better to separate than for us to be working together in disunity. I said, yes, it's true. Now, the point I'm driving at is this. There are many people in ministry. Their money attitude will not allow you to work with them if you really want to get to heaven. I gave a job to a pastor. That's our building. He's a pastor friend. He preaches in our conference before. I gave a job to him. We asked him to help us do a lot of repairs and all those things. He charged us a certain amount. We said, this is the amount we can pay. He said, okay. Because of you. And you know, he finished that job. And when we got there, we said, this job is not good. This is not what you promised. He said, if you can give me so-so amount. I said, but this is how much we agree. Do you know, he collects 600,000 naira extra. And he did a job of 700,000. But he collected 1.6 million. And the job he did, it was not what we stepped, it was not what he collected money for. Naturally, I was angry. It takes me a long time before I will get angry. But when I get angry, I'm in trouble. I was really angry. So he looked at me, and when I'm angry, I don't want to speak. Because if I speak, it will come to pass. That's one of the warnings God gives to me. I didn't speak, but I was boiling. How can we pay you this money? And you did this job for us. I said, register, go and meet him. I don't want to talk. Because if I utter a word, it was register, he confessed to later. 
Because we have to repair that thing again with another 400,000. He now confessed to register. Now, guy is angry. And now I say he should be angry now. Didn't you see what you have done? And you are our friend. And we trusted you. He now confessed that he used the money to send his daughter abroad. He's here, he can confirm. I said, There you are. And this is a pastor who has a church who also trains ministers. What am I driving at? You may lead others, so, but if you don't lead yourself in your financial life, you are still a failure. That's the truth. You don't depend on God to do it for you. God gives you the grace to do it. If there's any area you sh they should find fault with you, not in the area of money. Am I talking to somebody? When it comes to money, go for integrity. What do I say we should go for? Integrity. Go for honesty. Go for sincerity. Go for integrity. Look at your material. Abraham had integrity there. Because if you read Genesis chapter 14, verse 22 to 23, he told those kings, look, everything I collected, I didn't spend a dime. I didn't touch anything. Except the one that my servant had eaten. And I don't say take everything. Say no. So that you will not say I'm the one that made Abraham to be rich. He had integrity. He was honest. He was sincere. The hardest thing to find in ministry today, especially when it comes to money, is ministers with integrity. Ministers steal money. Number two, Moses, he had integrity. If you read Numbers chapter 16, verse 15, he said, how many, especially Korajatan and Abaira, he said, ask them. I did not collect a chicken or a fowl or a goat from them. I did not use my prophetic ministry to dupe them. Samuel also, you remember Samuel? He said, who's us? Have I taken? Did I defraud anybody? They said, no. How many ministers can say that? And the people say, no. You didn't defraud us. Then, even our Lord Jesus, he didn't keep the money. He had a treasurer. He had integrity. Peter also had integrity. Paul, I love Paul. I love Apostle Paul. Look at what he wrote. I want us to read that one. Second Corinthians chapter 7. I love this one. I love this one. Second Corinthians chapter 7. Let's see maybe as a minister, you can write something like this to your church. And people will not talk. Second Corinthians 7. <laughs> Look at verse 2. You say, open your heart to us. We have wronged no one. We have corrupted no one. We have cheated no one. What a statement. We didn't rob anybody. We didn't cheat anybody. We didn't defraud anybody. We have defrauded no man. Can you say that in your church? Especially with church money. Can you say? Look at me, oh. Since I've been a pastor here, I've not stolen your money. I didn't cheat anyone. I didn't collect bribe. Can you say that? How many ministers can say that? Paul wrote it. And the Holy Spirit allowed him to put it here because it's the truth. We didn't rob anybody. Until we come there. Our heaven is in danger. 
I know many of us because we are the founder and we become the eater. Olu da sila tolu da komi. Say she be not my ministry. Now me spend the money. But hey, what can anybody ask of me? God will ask from you. Integrity. Must go for that. You must be free from the love of money. Who the Bible says the root of all evil. If you are really going to emulate our Lord, Jesus Christ, and his apostles, you must free yourself from the tendency to do ministry for money and get your sources in ministry only on financial parameters. Because some recent men are telling us that you are not a success in ministry if you don't have millions in your bank account. Another bishop was preaching. And you know what he said? He said, man, I'm rich. I am rich. In all currencies. In actual fact, I'm the richest preacher in the whole world. He's a Nigerian preacher. Who said it? It's on record. Not what he said in secret. He said it in his church. So when it comes to money, name it. Dollars, pounds, quacha, whatever. I am rich. My contention is, when he's going to heaven, let him carry it along. Because those who did it before, they feel, it's not a sin to be rich. Hello? Hey, but there's a purpose why God will release money into your hand. It's not only for your selfish aggrandizement. It's for people that surround you. Far and wide. The more God releases to you, the more you really should release it out. For worthy causes. For heavenly expansion. If you only keep it to yourself, you don't know money. Money says, if you hold me too tightly, when I regroup myself free, I will never come back to you. Money says, if you keep me there, I will be going away gradually, 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 until, until I will disappear. Money says, a lot of people are dying for me, and yet I have no eternity for the sons of men. And when you keep money, I am rich, I am wealthy, I am this, it becomes something we boast and brag about, about our wealth, our status. It means you don't know money. You met money here, and you will leave money here. Gather it as much as possible. You won't take it beyond here. And you know what? When you keep it there, you are not using it to glorify God, to expand His kingdom, and to bless humanity. <laughs> After you are gone, it is those that doesn't work for it that will squander it for you. That's the nature of money. Oh, this one, I want to get, I want to get. The more you get, the more problem you have. Because if you don't spend it rightly, it will judge you here and judge you hereafter. Hello? Am I still talking to somebody? Okay, you are money. It is crucial to sit down, to think, to pray, and to talk to money. Because money has years to listen. Yeah. Because ministry will come to, your money will need ministry, and ministry will need your money. So you need to talk to money. Go with money. You are not going to destroy me. Money. You won't be my master. You will be my servant. Money. I'm not going to preach because of you. But you will be my friend. I will use you for the good things of life. But as for my heart, you will never have a foothold there. I will hold you with a loose hand. Because you have no heaven to give to me. You need to sit down and talk to money. Oh. The Lord bless you.
If you read First Peter chapter five, verse number twenty-three, verse number three, there, it says that shepherds should shepherd the flock of God, not with filthy lucre. We should not do ministry because of money. Unfortunately, that is not what we are obeying today. The Lord will bless you. Determine the place and position you will give to money in your life. Determine and your ministry. Me, I have determined my own. Me, I have chosen my values about money. Am I talking to somebody? I have chosen my values about money. Money will not be my master. And for a long time, God has helped me. Money will not be a quarrel between me and anybody. I prefer to be cheated than to cheat others. And people are still cheating me to today. I remember I went to preach somewhere. They invited me to do training for some pastors or one churches, one church. And they called the place inside, inside, inside in most states. In fact, when we landed at Owiri Airport, they took us about six hours drive. Yes, it was me and him that went. And the day we were flying back, we left the place to cease in the morning. What is the name of that place? Arochuku. Inside, inside. All those God-forsaken roads. With all this Elizabethan bridge. That bridge you have to wait for one vehicle to pass before you... Now that bridge still there. We left there to five. And they drove us. The man was speeding. Yeah, that pastor, God bless his soul. He speedo carry us. Eventually we got to Abba. We got to this place. We got to the... We got to Omoa here. Then we got to the airport at Owiri. In fact, when we got there, they were already boarding. And that's about, uh, was that not about 9.30 in the morning? And we flew back. But you know they cheated me. They told me the amount they will give me. I didn't ask them. But the pastor was to give me. When we got to, is it Omoa here? In the vehicle, he came down. He said, this is this amount. Your money remains so and so. Give me your account number. I will send it tomorrow. Maybe we send it tomorrow. He has not sent it till today. And he doesn't carry my phone again. And me, I don't ask him again. Let him spend it and take it to heaven. Choose your value. That's what I'm after. That's what I'm saying. If you're fighting, it's a shame to be fighting for money in ministry. And be fighting with members. Fighting with this one. It's a shame. You are not choosing your value. Sit down and think. Maybe after this conference or these things you are hearing. Choose your value about money. Or else, money will take you to hell. Hello? You either rule money, or money will rule you. You either do ministry for money, or ministry will do, I mean, <laughs> or money will finish you in this work. Choose your value. So that, when you see friends, or uh, colleagues, that are stealing money, destroy them, you don't do it. So that's against my value. If you don't control money, it will surely control you in this ministry. Poor money attitude will lead to backsliding our head. Hello? I remember a story. A wealthy man invited some pastors to his house. And he asked them to sleep over. And they slept over in his house. He said because in one of the rooms... He has a pot full of gold that in the morning he wants to determine who he will give the pot of gold to among those ministers. 
I know they all slept. But you know he instructed his servants, unknown to those pastors, that that pot of gold, he should remove it and put pot of oil there. Pot of uh, granite oil. Palm oil. So you should put it. Put it there. And he removed the pot of gold. In the room where he lodged those pastors, he gave them a night gown, a white night gown. That that's what they should sleep with. And that in the morning, he would determine who among them will have the pot of gold. And they all went to bed and slept. Lo and behold, in the morning, he, asked, he, he was the one who came and wake them up. He on the lights, asked all of them to gather. You know when they gather, you know what they discovered? In all those ten pastors, their white clothes were soiled with palm oil. He said, how did it happen? You know? Each of them was going to the pot of gold in the night to go and pick. But when they put their hand in a pot of palm oil, they rub their body. All of them soiled their garments. With, that means all of them are thieves. And in the morning he told them, you are disqualified. When we get to heaven, that's the way it shall be. The pot of money God is bringing to our ministry today. Are you soiling your hand there? Are you stealing part of it? Are you misspending it? Uh-huh. You are soiling your white garment gradually. Amen. Food for thoughts. Food for thoughts. Now, what is the purpose of money in ministry? Is there? Money is divinely meant to bring personal and moderate comfort to your life. Please underline that. It's meant to do what? To bring personal. I'm in the next page. Money is meant to bring what? Moderate and what? Personal comfort. Please look up at me. God will bless you with money. But determine your value now. I once overheard a pastor who said, If God give me money, I will use it to sew shoe. I will use it to sew dress. I will show to people that were right. When they told me, I said, he will never give you. Because that's not the purpose. Money is meant to bring personal and moderate comfort to your life. Don't live in extravagance. Because there are a lot of needy people among us. And somebody say, if God bless me, I must show it. Wait until you get home to show it. It's not your home. Of course, God doesn't want us to live in poverty and penury and hard just squalor, moderation. Because you see, there is a law of money that says that the more money increases, the more expenses increase. The more money increases, the more your taste increases. Isn't it? And that is what is happening. Those who are riding CNN before, they want to ride Pajero. Those who are riding Pajero, they want to ride BM. Uh, series 8 or 10. 
Those who are riding 2006 model, they want to ride 2013 model. The more money increases, the more your taste and your expenses increases. Please, my brethren, choose your value now. Don't wait until money comes. Because by the time it comes, negative influence will take you away. Am I talking to somebody? Moderate comfort to your life. Number two, to bring joy to others through your giving. That's the purpose why God will give you money. You can bring joy to others through your giving. Somebody say money can never give you joy. I don't totally agree. Money can give you joy, provided you use that money to help others. Brings you joy. Let me say this. I've learned this, and I'm trying to practice it. I have a minister friend. Whenever I hear his report now, he gives me joy. Why? God is helping us to spend money to bring him back. When I met him, he couldn't walk. He couldn't, he couldn't even lift his hand. He doesn't eat because he can't feed himself. He doesn't go to the toilet because he had to carry him. And the people have been praying and praying and praying. But he was my old pastor friend. A very good man. A genuine Christian. And he was good to me. In fact, what I'm doing today, he was one of the who prayed and the Lord gave a prophetic word to. When I heard that he has lost, the, he has stroke. I said, what? You? I said, where are you? I drove down there. When I saw him, they were praying for him. I said, no, it's not only prayer. This man needs a physiotherapist. I went and brought a physiotherapist. I said, check him up. Can you come back to life? He's not dead, but he's dead. That one said, we can try. I said, good. I said, do me a favor, brother. Any appointment he gives to you, honor it. As for money, forget it. Today, he has started lifting his hands. He's trying to use his hand to eat. And in the next two weeks, he should be walking. So whenever he will send me a test and pray. I said, he even sent me one yesterday. To people like that, money makes me happy. So the point, money can give you joy. Provided you use that money to help others. You sponsor a child in school. You interpret somebody's vision. That's why God gave you extra. Who is a rich man? Anybody that has three, three needs met. Your food, your clothing, your shelter. is met. You are a rich person. Scripturally speaking. Not secularly speaking. A rich man secularly is somebody that loses the treasury dry. A rich man is a, is a politician. is a governor. is a president who went in very poor but came out stickily rich. That's a rich man. A rich man that our preachers preach about is somebody that has volume of uh, cars, aircraft, build mansions, Lagos, Abuja, London, Paris, Tokyo, Accra, Ghana, everywhere. And that's a rich man in worldly terms. But in biblical terms, a rich man is somebody that has good food, three square meals a day. You have a shelter. You are not, borrowed, you are not sleeping outside. And you have what to Either it is yours or not, it doesn't matter. At least you are not sleeping outside. And you have clothing over your body. Come. You are a rich man. You are not asking for, for soup because you have only gari. No. God meets your need. You are a rich person. Because 80% of the world doesn't have that. So let's, let's, let's define it. 
It's not that uh, someone will say, they are not rich. If you are not writing Siena, that one is Ezra. Ezra. And in the book of Ezra. So you can have joy by using, by bringing joy to others through your giving. To help interpret the dreams of others. To add value to others. Either through training, through resources, through materials. To expand the frontiers of God's kingdom. You get involved in church planting. To take the gospel to unreached places. To send it ahead of you to heaven by investing in the poor. There are many children there that need sponsorship. There are many widows there. Abby? Yes, in labor. There are many widows. There are many fatherless. Please take care of the fatherless. That's my generation. Take care of the fatherless. And take care of people like me. Fatherless. You know a friend on Facebook this morning, a friend in South Africa, he wrote there that, that his father died this morning, two hours ago. So I wrote him, I say my condolences, my sincere condolences. Then the next sentence I put there is, Welcome to the club of the fatherless, of which I am executive member. Because my father died since 1971. I am fatherless. Take care of me. If you want to get to heaven. <laughs> Amen. Now on a serious note, there are children there who are fatherless. Let's extend a helping hand to them. That's why as ministers, we should not have large families. If you are born up to four, it's okay. If you have not got to four, stop at two. Two. Number three should be a mistake. Hmm. Stop it. You know the idea... When your children have grown up and they have left, you have finished their education, you will still see other people's children to take care of. Yes, that's the idea. So when God is blessing us with money, it's okay for those things, not just for us to pile it up there and be boasting and bragging in the presence of our church. The fatherless and the downtrodden and the sponsor missionaries that are suffering. But if you don't determine ahead of time, you will not be able to fulfill the purpose of money. Whatever God sends to your life and ministry, I'll share that with you. How to lead your financial life well? Yes. Let's look at them now. Number one, learn all you could about money and finances. Learn. Wise men store up knowledge. Learn. When you don't know what you should know, money will run away from you. So learn. Thank God you are in this conference. You are learning. And when that my books come out, buy it also. Learn. Get resources, get as much information as possible concerning finance and ministry. Land. I even have one there. Money, ministers and ministry. Yes. Land. Number two, be financially intelligent. Now what that was, develop the capacity, the wisdom to manage and to multiply money. Right. It's important, my brethren. Now I don't want to preach myself, but I can use myself as an example for you. This church goes to ministry. I often say it. But let me say it. We started it with 800 naira. That was my salary when I was pastoring a CAC church. 800 naira. That was way back in 1994. It's only... When was that? When did we do the pastor's resource project? That was 2009. Yeah, it was only in 2009. I remember I had that idea. 
I'll see share that with you later. I had that idea. God just gave me that idea. That where do I get money? Because by then they gave us quick notice from our office at three three two Abekuta Expressway, and we didn't know where to go. So as I was praying, I just had this idea that we can gather a lot of materials. I have many of them inside my house. Materials that have been gathered since 1982. I still have some batch there. Maybe in the next five, six years, I will do something about it again. So I just said, let's do it. That was the first time. And we did, when I called up the printer, hey, we want to do this and this and this and this. How much will it take? He said, initially, I should bring 500,000. Then we can start something. Then I said, Lord, if it's your idea, oh yeah, I don't have 500,000 kobo by then. But I remember, after prayer, about two weeks later, I was in the office. One of our students then, he came to me and said, Sir, somebody came to my church and gave me five million naira. I even gave me a Pajero jeep. And I said, I want to pay the tithe. And something said, I should come and give you the tithe. He said, so this is the tithe, 500,000 cash. That was the first time that somebody would give me that amount. In fact, before I call register, I say, come and see Monio. I don't call the printer. I say, your 500,000 in here. Let me go and call it out. That's where we started. How God has blessed us up to you, we can do material. Imagine, we can do 2,000, 3,000 era conference for you. Do you, do you think that is what is what? I know you know that's not the what. Even the expenses alone is more than that. But because we have chosen our value, that we don't want to do it for the money. Just want to do it to add value. Hoping that someday somebody will appreciate it. That's just it, my brethren. It's not the money. Even my friends, some of my friends will tell me, how do you do those your meetings? 2,000, 3,000, 3,000, 5,000. How do you do it? You must be running at a loss. I said, no, we don't run at a loss. Because the spiritual blessing is more than the... It's more than that. Because they are only, if they are the one doing this, at least minimum of 10,000. And you won't get this material. They will preach. You buy tape. And they will still raise money. At least you go there, you know. So, what am I driving at? It has been because God has helped us. I've learned, I've read, I've studied, I've prayed about money. So we can manage the little we have. And that's why we can be a benefit to you. I will continue to be a benefit to you in Jesus' name. Your ministry, learn about money before the money starts flowing in. Number four, draw near to the Lord. The favor of God is life. If you know the Lord intimately, silver and gold, we do what to answer to you. I'll see tell you later tomorrow. The number one place to discover money is God. He's the one that owns silver and gold. If you know the Lord, he will give you clean money. And if he has called you and proposed your life, you will never lack. You will never lack. So don't go and look for money somewhere else. From Satan, from occultists, from ritualists. From, no, 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 no. There's enough clean money in God with peace of mind. So draw near to him. Number four, break all money courses over your life. Make sure you repent and resist the wrong handlings of money that has brought courses to your life. Either from your parents, from your boss, from your workers, from your leaders, and from your words. If you have stolen before, restitute. I know that's a message they don't preach in churches again. But you remember Zacchaeus? He restitutes. 
Don't be like those people that use stolen money to start ministry. Don't be like them. That ministry will not last. Oh. It will not last. It's not a cause. It's a reality. I remember somebody was working at Nigerian Port Authority. He stole their money. I went and started a church around Yabatek. I won't mention the exact place, but around Yabatek. Ah, thousands were coming. Eh, the beginning was good. But after some years, when they discovered the fraud, they start sending police around to U.S. He came back some few years back now. He want to restart it. But he can't start. You can't restart it. Because you started with stolen money. God doesn't need stolen money to do his work. Am I talking to somebody? He doesn't need stolen money. And what is the definition of stealing? Taking what you were not given. Even if you are a pastor, you have been transferred from one church to the other. You took some things away that you didn't tell your host, return it. Hey, and the one that owns it, did they know? Did you take permission? Because we hide all that so many lies today. Return it to. It is then those causes we broke in over your life. Number five, grow out from your money, wrong money water. If you are the stingy type, you discover you are stingy. Go and be giving. You know what I've discovered? The more you give, the more you break the power of money over your life. When God asks you to give, don't hold hand. Give. Hey, hey, hey. Why will I get another? Why did you get that one? Why did you get it? Release it. Especially towards worthy causes. Release it. You know when I was working about Jesus School of Money? Wow! I discovered something. Jesus spoke about giving more than any other thing. If I at a point, he said, go and sell what you have and give arms. Give arms. It also applies to us. So now you sell your land, you sell your house, and you give it to missionary work. Yeah. So now you look at your house. What is it? I don't need oh, I don't need this bicycle again. I don't need this motor. I don't need it. Sell it. I want to give it to gospel work. He kept saying, give it and give it and give it and give it. You will see it in the book. I said, wow. He said, give. Press down. Shaking together. Shall men give to your bosom? Let's start to give. Give to God. Give to men. Give to courses. Sponsor children in school. Give. Give. I said, give to people that cannot give back to you. In fact, give so that you can be free. Am I talking to somebody? Give. Let it be part of your nature. Number six, have a good work or a calling that God can bless. 90% of your prayer for money, God will answer it through your work. Have something in your hand that God can bless. So, if you are lazy, you are indolent, you are not doing anything, money will not flow to you. Rather, you'll be pursuing money. That's an only way, no, you can catch up. Rather, you can have something that will attract money. And when money see those things, it will work towards you. Like a good job will attract money. Am I talking to somebody? Like a good calling will attract money. It will attract money. So you don't need to pursue money. The more you pursue, the more it runs. But attract it. 
That's why you, as a pastor, you must be a, you must be, how do I describe it? You must be a competent pastor. That you can attract people, much, much, much more people. And the more you attract people, you don't need to go capping and begging. Uh-uh. They are the one that will bring it to you. Because they can see something in you that is not in them. Seven, don't be quick in becoming a full-time minister. Did you hear me? Don't be what? Don't resign quickly. Your ministry is just 30 members. What are you becoming full-time for? You want to resign to poverty and penury? And yes, people will be paying their tithes and offering. Uh, how much? How much? How much? It's not my fault. God has called me. Like we are working on somebody now. I'm working on somebody. I pray that God will, God will appear to that pastor. He's not doing anything. He said, because he went to a church and they said the man of God must not walk. So he's not doing anything. He knows how to do dry cleaning, but he's not doing. Simply because the wife is a very active woman. He's a woman that will go and work, do any kind of job to bring money. And they have four children. And their first daughter, matured. Yes, sir. Very matured girl. And the other ones, they are not going to school. And this person refused to work. He said, God said you should not do anything. I was even asking the wife the other week. I said, Why did you marry this one? Why did you get him? Because she's too good. She's too good to marry this lazy person. And all they say, he's a minister. And he will sleep in the house from morning till evening. Sleeping away his life. No, that's a letter to poverty and penury. Because in the book of Exodus, chapter 14, verse 25, it says a lazy man walks so slowly that poverty catch up with him. Walk. Do something. What do I say we should do? Do something. Do something. Now we attract money. Don't become too full, full time. I mean, when your minister members are 15, 20, and you are sleeping in the house, you are sleeping there where your future, there's something you can do. I don't know it, but there's something you can do. That can purchase you money. Number eight. Recognize God's financial dealings in your life. Please listen to me very well. If somebody beside you is dosing, give him shinko. Or give her shinko. So wake up and listen to this one. Financially speaking, God relates with us in different ways. And I've discovered three. There may be more, but so far, I discovered three. I know my own. I will tell you my own among those three. But I need you to understand it very well. So that you are not envious and jealous when you go to a meeting and somebody testifies, Thank God! Down my book that I wrote, somebody gave me 10 million. And you say, Hey, me, I don't write 10. Nobody gave me 1 million, no. God, are you partial? No. It deals with us in three principal ways. Number one, he can deal with you as he dealt with Adam. How did he deal with Adam? He supplied all the needs of Adam without him doing what? Asking. He created everything Adam would need before he created Adam. In fact, in the case of a wife, did Adam ask? No. He was once said, ah, 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 ah. It's not good you are alone. Let me give you a wife. Now, there are ministers like that. The story I often say about that is a friend of mine 
He's a minister also. He has been, presently now, he has been ministering now maybe about 22 years. And every year, he was given a car. He's riding his 22nd car now. His car is like that, my own Sienna. But you know the amazing thing? He never bought any one of them. They were all given to him. And yet me, I buy my own. And here we are, we are, we are friends and we are doing this work. When I do our conference, everything, and you are rejoicing, you go back home. At the end of the conference, they'll give me all the bills. They say, we still own this, we still own this, we need to balance this. I'll be looking for money to balance it. But this, my friend, will tell me, he's saying it, it's not a boasting. We'll just be talking. I say, how did you finish that conference? I discovered you lodge people here and there. Ah, he said, my brother, it's a miracle of God. He said, after the last conference, he, he, he was owing two million. He said, where well, he was thinking that God, he, he said, this is your work. I, he said, he said some, his phone just ran. Somebody said, sir, the Lord told me that you are owing two million. Give me your account. I want to pay it now. I said, see you. The one with me, I own. Let me go pay him for about six weeks. Do you get my point? Until I understand this. That God is dealing with him the way he dealt with Adam. Adam never asked. There are ministers like that. The moment you are thinking, say, God, oh, hey, hey. It has started happening to me also. It has started happening to me. I pray it multiplies. Because I traveled to one country. I didn't know. When I packed my suitcase here, I took one suit. So I took one suit. I love that suit. It happened last month. Yes. So when I got there, uh, the Sunday that I want to go and preach in a church, so I decided to wear that suit. You know, when I opened the trouser, the thing has caught here. Ah! I said, see something, oh. So I didn't wear it. I wore jeans. Then I wore this blazer. I went to that church. So within me, I was thinking, how oh God, so I won't wear a suit in this journey. The only suit I brought, the trousers I tore. Ah, I wish somebody would just give me a suit. I was thinking it. I didn't say it out. So I went to that church and preached. And when I finished, they brought me to the hotel. They said, yes, I will come in the evening. When they come in the evening, they brought a suit. Ah, money more thing, bone and yet, yeah. <laughs> in fact, they so blessed me with suit that when I came back, I started giving suits away. You were very late. You didn't come in time. I could have given you one. Amen. So there are ministers like that. Before they ask, God supply. When they give their testimony, don't be jealous. Number two, he can deal with you as he dealt with Moses. How did he deal with Moses? He asked him to do a project, build the tabernacle in the wilderness. But did he supply? No, he said, Go! I ask them. Go and tell them. And whosoever likes, bring. And when Moses obeyed, he went and asked the people. The Bible said they brought so much that he has to stand up and say, and there are ministers like that. If they stand up and say, we have a project, it's so, 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 so amount. Please, I need people to give. People start giving. You know, in this country, there was a minister that on one Sunday, he raised the money to buy an aircraft. Oh, you didn't know in this country. That is the dealing of Moses. But I saw another one. The dealing of Paul. 
Apostle Paul. He can deal with you as he dealt with Apostle Paul. How did he deal with Apostle Paul? He was a tent maker. He gave him ideas to do things. He built even the churches that Apostle Paul planted. They never supported him. Have you been here in his writing? He wrote to the Philippian church saying, you are the only people. You are the only people who brought me something. Other people did not bring anything. Therefore, this one you bring. My God shall supply. He cannot lay that. Why? Tell him what ready. Amen. Now, the question is this. Can God use one and not use the rest for you? It depends. Me, I am in that number three. That's where I started from. Our resources, our books, our tapes, our materials, uh -huh. the little money for the seminars, for the training. Uh -huh. That's where we started from. But gradually I'm getting to a point now, like last year now. Somebody said, God said, you should come and give me a, a jeep. That's the first time in geography. Not in history. Geography. And those of you that the Lord is speaking to, obey the Spirit. Bring the thing. Am I talking to somebody? Uh -huh. I remember a minister friend of recent. She just came to my office one morning. I said, what's the problem? She said, we have a meeting here. I said, meeting? I didn't invite you for a meeting. He said, somebody sent me a test that we have a meeting here. I said, let the person come up. Lo and behold, when the person called, the person gave her a jeep. I said, the Lord has been speaking to him for three, four weeks. I said, bring this thing. The Lord has been speaking to you. Why are you arguing with the Lord? Bring this thing, my friend. And he brought it. I will give it to her. Mama go and she mama she fell cocoa down there. Because in committee, no man fag was she. Mama feel rain on You are blessed. I'm sure she has never received anything like that in her life. So the more you draw nearer to the Lord, He can pick you from number three and bring you to number one, and He can mix it in your life. Am I talking to somebody? Now that's a prayer you should pray. If you're a minister. Somebody has never walked up to you and said, Sir, the Lord say I should give you this. You need to pray. It should be a sign of your calling. That someone will say, hey, The Lord mentioned my name to you. He said, Yes, sir. The Lord said I should just give it to you. That should be a prayer point for you. The Lord bless you. So recognize God's dealing in your life. And be walking towards it and be praying towards it. He will deal with us the same way. If somebody, God is giving him cars and cars, and hey, that's him, leave him alone. You have not got to that level. When you get there, God will do your own. So don't put yourself under unnecessary pressure. Number nine, patiently and strategically build up your finances. Yes, before God will give you the millions, He will first of all give you the hundreds. And how you handle the hundreds will determine how you handle the millions. So, and it takes patience, it takes prayers, it takes strategy. Number ten, Pray for financial partners. Pray for financial world too. God can raise people and touch their hearts to minister to your needs as it, as it was in Jesus' ministry. Let God touch people's hearts. Make it a subject of prayer. I remember a father in the Lord said of recent. He said, eh, eh, we live our life by prayer. I said, sir, how do you mean? Oh, he said, my, my son, we pray. And God will touch people's side to come and meet our needs. And that's a lot of a minister. Don't go and be begging and be the slave of ministers and politicians. 
and go to their houses. You know our church, our church, Christ Apostolic Church. That's what destroyed Christ Apostolic Church. May God restore that church for us. And say a better amen, my friend. It was this issue of money. When some people rose up, people like the Taiwan Bades and the rest of them, when they rose up many years ago, pastors will line up in their house and they'll be doling just hundreds to them. And when pastor will be and they set church positions to who is who is who has the most cash? That's why the leaders lost their authority. Please, I beg you in the name of the Lord. If you have rich people in your church, don't sell your authority to them. Don't because of money put them in position. Because you know what? He that plays the piper, he takes it too. Don't be the slave of money bags. Jesus was never a slave of money bags. He didn't build his ministry on them, he built it with them. He didn't take their money, and that one will close his mouth. No. Hello. Pray for financial partners and God will raise them up for you. Then your income must be more than your expenses. Make sure you are spending less than you are making. Make sure what is going out is less than what is coming in. That is budgeting. What do, what do I call that one? Budget your finances. Then... Work on your personal ministry. Grow and become someone that can be invited. And when they invite you, do a good job. Develop yourself in an area that you can become a respected voice. Grow to become someone others will pay to come and listen to your tapes, your book, your CDs, and resources, and a source of what to income. Develop yourself. That's why I'm sorry for people who, do, who no longer attend seminars and conferences. I don't need it. I know it already. You don't know it. You don't know it. Don't listen to it for yourself. Listen to it for your future. Because they will invite you somewhere to speak. You will dish out things. All over the world, they are looking for quality ministers that can deliver. Am I talking to somebody? And one of the ways to develop yourself is seminars and conferences. I know a lot of people that are not here today. Hey, we have program. We have program. Hey, what are they saying, Ghana? You miss it. You are losing a source of income. Because by this now, this has become your own. Those stories have become your own. When they invite you to come and speak about money, you download. You don't charge them, but they will think twice what they will give you. Amen. Yeah. Materials make a minister. You want to make cool money in ministry? Don't be a local champion. Develop yourself. Choose an area. Either youth or children or whatever, whatever. Load yourself. That one day, somebody will make a mistake of inviting you. You don't charge. They ask you how much will you collect. You don't charge because that's one of our wrong money attitudes. You don't charge. You don't place a demand on your anointing. Eh? Whatever you give me is okay. Leave it in the hand of God. God will take care of you. But make sure you deliver. Make sure you deliver very well. Do justice to the message. So that they may not give you money today, but they will invite you back next time. Or somebody will locate you there. I say, what? Please, sir, give me your address. And they invite you to another place. Can I tell you a story? I learned it many years back. Somebody was holding a conference 
a Haggai, Haggai training. Do you know Haggai? That one they do in Singapore. Okay, they were doing it in Lagos here one year. And they were doing it close to my office at Tegweda by then. And I knew the guy who is coordinating. So before the conference, I went to him and I said, Hey, do you make money in that conference? He said, No, he doesn't make money. Now he's even spending his money. I saw this year, so I've been doing it. He said, Yes. I said, Let me give you an idea. He said, What's the idea? I said, All your speakers ask for their lectures and bind it and put a little money in there. I said, I will do the photocopy for you free of charge and bind it for you and sell it. You make cool money. Eh? He said, Okay. He said, How much will I collect? I said, Me. I need to collect money. He didn't know my strategy. Because 150 people from all over the world are coming. Just few hotels from my office then. I said, how can these people come here? And I won't preach to them. I said, it's a lie. So I decided to go through the way of service. So he said, how much will I say me? We have all the material. I said, even paper. Just buy paper. We'll do everything. I'm buying my staff. We'll do the work. So we did it for him. He took it there. He sold it. He was... He went and reported to his wife. They came. They were kneeling. They were thanking me. I said, don't worry. It's the work of God. And it's a one-week program. From Monday to Thursday. I mean to Friday. So on Thursday of it. Okay, on Wednesday. I was using this Benz 200. He said, yeah, you are the only one who have a good car. Our Ibo that is our main supervisor is coming from India. Let's go and meet him at the airport. I say, airport? He say, yes. He say, he will be going. So, so and so will be going. I say, who will be taking the message by then? Hey, he say, let somebody take it. I say, hey. He say, yes. I say, okay. The person who is the house master happened to be my student. I said, Wambi, you want to graduate in our school? He say, yes. I say, that time that your leader will go and pick him at the airport. Who is preaching? He said, nobody. I said, I want to preach. I want to preach, I want to teach them church growth. He saw guys, you want to graduate? So when your guy now says, hey, you carry I say, I release the motor, find a driver. There's something I want to do that time. When you're in come from the airport, I will meet him. Go. I there's something. He said, What will you do? I say, hey, it appears that time is free. And your housemaster uh, say I should talk church growth. Ah! He couldn't say no because of what I have done for him. Do you know what? They say they give me 20 minutes. I say it's too much. It's too much. In that 20 minutes, I pack it full. When I finish, they say, Tana. The people say, Come on there, my friend. I'll go and they speak. I'll go they speak. Another 20 minutes, they say, Tana. People say, You people are wicked. Of all the teachings you have been giving us, you didn't give us touch growth. And this one is giving us. What? I spent one hour. And I sold materials. It's not that money. Years later, when I calculated, from that place, I went to Kotonu. I went across Africa. And the money I received from those invitations they gave to me is times thousands of what they could have given to me. But just one ministration. One ministration can connect you to the whole world. It was one Baba that was preaching. He was even speaking vernacular Yoruba. In one meeting, but he preached a very good sermon. Powerful ministration. When he finished, somebody said, I'm sorry, sir. This message you preach, can you preach it in America? Don't say America. 
Now my Yoruba, you know, I say the same Yoruba in America. In any kid, they couldn't shut up for What layman they do? They say, Afi preacher, is that person that took him to embassy, did everything, gave him visa, is still there till today? Develop yourself to become a marketable minister. There are gifts in you that you can't use in your local church. There are monies that belong to you. They are not in your local church. They are out there. Am I talking to somebody? If you only wait for the money in your local church, you are poor. There are monies that God has. It's your money. But they are out there. They are out there. But if you don't develop yourself, you won't get there. Ah, about your denomination? Forget it. And yes, sir, they won't allow us to go out. Leave that one alone. You develop yourself. And let's see God at work. When God promotes you, who can demote you? Be a generous giver. That's how to lead yourself well in your finances. Be a generous what? Yes. Be free from stinginess and tight-fistedness. Esther, don't be stingy. Ministers, let's pray out the spirit of stinginess from us. Give your tithes. Give your offerings. Sow your seeds to God, to men of God, to people of God, and to needy people. Give to your fathers. Give to your mentors. People who have done you good before, remember them. I'm going to give them something. You never know the authority that will work in your life. Look, you get money when people bless you. Oh, my day. Oh! You will never know once. If you say, Amen. That, is, that one is more than seven days prayer on the mountain. If it comes at the right time. Be a generous giver. Have abundance mentality. Don't have... <laughs> don't say, if I give this one now, where will I get another one? Give it! So long God is leading you to give it. Money is never meant to be hoarded. But to be continually released. Upward and uh, outward. The more you release outward and upward, the more God will bring to your care. And finally, have at least four sources of income. Your money must never come from one source. I'll be explaining this tomorrow and on Friday. As a minister, make this a subject of prayer. And subject of action. Your money must never come from what? One source. Your only one source. That salary they are paying you in your church. Mm. If that is your only source of income, you will steal at the end of the day. Because your needs, I mean your responsibilities are increasing. Your children are going to school. House rent is increasing. Everything is increasing. And you only have one source of income. That is not wise. As a minister, you must have at least how many? Look at the four there. Number one, honorarium. You know, I come back to it again. You won't charge honorarium. You won't charge for it. And if you have been charging, repent. But God will give you the right one. You see me? Since I started this church goods, I preach in a, if I talk about honorarium, I have bitter and sweet experiences. So all the way, yes sir, yes sir, if you don't tell them how much they give, some churches, they shoot you. Yes, I've been shooted. At least I told you one recently now. I preach in a place for three days. They say, sir, we shall see you. They've not seen me till today. 
10 years later. Even 15 years later. I preach in a place for 3 days. They say, sir, give us the address of your office. We'll send somebody. They sent somebody, but the person did not deliver. So later, when it was about 3, 4, 5 weeks, I asked register, go and there's the person, what you catch? I even if I go slow, if I don't reach here. They say, according, they brought the church uh, delivery something. They saw that somebody signed for it, that he's taking it to us. And it didn't disappear on the way. I was invited to a place to preach. I preached for four hours. They gave me 100 naira. Yeah. But at the same time, I went somewhere to preach. For two days, they gave me one million naira. How about that? God is the one that paid the wages of a servant. Hello? Am I talking to somebody? On the radio. Develop yourself. You can be a minister that you can be given good on the radio. It's not only packaging. Go to Number two, emoluments. What they are giving you in your church. All of them is categorized under what to emolument. Look, even if you are the Jew, take something from the church. Don't say, the Lord said I should not collect anything. You are putting them under counsel. Something should come up for it. Because the laborer is worthy of his... Uh, if you don't know how to determine it, come, I will tell you how to determine it. Something must be coming from you. At least when you remember saying a church, this one come from, you will bless them. Nobody can pay your salary. Nobody. But something must come from church. Even if not to buy food stuff or whatever, something must come from church. When you hear people like Baba Deboye, they talk, say, eh, eh, redeem doesn't pay me. That is not the whole... Of course, he doesn't collect money from redeem. But they supply food stuffs to his house. And they give money, money to cook soup. And you imagine to supply food stuff to a house. Is it no more than the salary? Number three source of income, your books. Number four source of income, rent. You will live long. You must get to a level where you are collecting rent. And you talk to somebody. If you pray very well. And finally, let me give you a proverb. It is better for ten naira, ten ten naira, to come from ten sources than to have 10,000 naira from one source. Think about that. I should repeat it. It is better for you to have 10, 10 naira from how many sources? 10 sources. How much is that one? 100 naira. Than to have 10,000 naira from one source. You know the wisdom? If that source of 10,000 closed down immediately, where are you? We're in trouble. But with patience, with time, with strategy, with prayers, you can nurture those sources of 10, 10 naira that each one will be bringing 10, 10,000 in the next 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 years. You know what they have not taught us? It's how that you build wealth over time. You build wealth over time. It's not what you rush. If you want to be clean with it, 
And if you want to get to heaven with it, you build it over time. God will give you opportunity. Somebody can say, Daddy, I want to give you one land. And they took you there. You say, ah, ah, this is forest. It's not a forest. That is the city of tomorrow in 15 years' time. You know, I missed that opportunity. 1992, I was pastoring a church. And I had a member who was coming from Lekki, Jakande. From Ajangbadi. Who go to Lekki. They said, Pastor, come and take land. That just measure it by yourself. We go to local government. I said, who go live here? This place will be one road. Ocean on the right and on the left. I know they live here. But today, go. <laughs> One man of God was telling me something. When I was shot, you see, whatever I teach you, I didn't only see it in the Bible. I go and research it. I go to men that are in the faith. I ask them questions. So I ask a man of God, genuine man of God. If I was the one who did water baptism for me, if you have been coming to our conference, you will know the person. I didn't mention him. So I ask him, sir. I could see that. It's not only ministry that is carrying you. It's a tell me your source of income. You know, he told me one. He said many years ago, they came for a meeting in Nigeria. He doesn't live in Nigeria. He said, somebody said, Yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir. There's a land in Lekki. Just get me five, five million. I'll buy it for you. I will build a house for you. Are you sure? He said, yes. He said, I went and borrowed the money and gave it to him. The guy used five million to buy the land and build the house. He was telling me two years ago that the rent for that house alone now is hundred million annually. So when he comes around and try one Jekure do, you think he doesn't have money. His house alone, his rent. You see, in a year, it's hundred million. What he bought and built with a stand up on your feet. Hallelujah. Can you just jam your hands to the Lord for those revelations and those information? Let's put our hands together for the Lord. Let's put our hands together for the Lord. Hallelujah. Please tell your neighbor, say, I am free. Say, I am free. I don't know whether, whether what happened to me has happened to you. Say, I am free. Tell your neighbor, say, I am free from poverty. Say, I am free from poverty. Say, my ministry is free from poverty. In the mighty name of Jesus. Shall we close our eyes and begin to just turn everything we have added into prayers? Someone said that wisdom is the right application of the knowledge that is acquired. If it is not rightly applied, it is not wisdom. We are going to pray. Say, my father, my father, my father. You are not praying. Say, my father, my father, my father. Say, my father, my father, my father. Deliver me from wrong attitude to money. Let's talk to God in prayers. Let's talk to God in prayers. Men of God, let's take this time to pray. Don't go yet. Let's take this time to talk to God in prayers. Talk to God in prayers. Don't go yet. Let's talk to God in prayers.
Thank you, Father. Deliver us, O Lord. All those wrong attitudes to money, Lord, we are delivered. We are delivered. We are delivered. We are delivered. In the mighty name of our Lord Jesus. Thank you, faithful Father. In Jesus' name we pray. I want you to help a man of God. Please don't let us go. Let us pray. One of those things I found out is that it is very easy to hear things like this and do nothing about it. Because you don't turn into prayers. Information, someone said that information brings transformation. I told the fellow, I said, I, I beg to disagree. It's not every information that turns to transformation. There are sometimes you hear information, but because you don't do the right thing about those information, you don't get any transformation from it. I want to grab the hand of a man of God or a woman of God by your side. Let's pray for that fellow. Let, we are going to pray for that fellow. Say, you are, I deliver you by fire. From every wrong money attitude. Let's cry to God in prayers. Yet I am delivered. Lord, delivered from every wrong money attitude. I am delivered, oh Lord, I'm delivered, I'm delivered, I'm delivered from every wrong money attitude. In the mighty name of Jesus, I am delivered, 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 I am delivered in the mighty name of Jesus from every wrong money attitude. In the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, deliver us. We are delivered. We are delivered by your power, by your spirit. We are delivered. 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 Delivered us, O Lord, from every wrong money attitude in the mighty name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, faithful Father. Blessed be the holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. Stand alone and cry out. Jesus made it clear to us that the demon in charge of money is called Mammon. In that Matthew 6 24, it says that you shall not cannot serve two masters. In other words, Mammon is a master on his own, Jesus is a master on his own. If you are not delivered from Mammon, you can't really serve God. I want you to cry out to God. Say every spirit of Mammon. Say every spirit of Mammon. Release me by fire. Release my money by fire. Pray us in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Every spirit of Mammon. I make a decree, release me by fire. Mammon spirit, release me by fire. I am delivered from Mammon. Mammon spirit, release me, release me, release me. In the mighty name of Jesus, I refuse to serve Mammon. I want to serve God with money. Lord, I am delivered from every power and influence of Mammon. I am delivered, Lord. I am delivered, Lord. I am delivered, Lord. Lord, delivered me, rescued me. In the mighty name of Jesus, from every influence of Mammon, Lord, we are delivered. We are delivered. We are delivered. We are delivered. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we are delivered. We are delivered. Let there be deliverance, O Lord, from every demon of Mammon. In the mighty name of our Lord Jesus Christ, thank you, faithful Father. Oh, blessed be the holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. If you listen very well to our dad in the Lord, you, you are going to agree with me. Now, one of the ways by which God has decided to bless his servant is to talk to people to support the work. From henceforth, people will hear God concerning your ministry. I say from henceforth, people will hear God concerning your ministry. You are going to cry to God. Say, my father. Say, my father. Talk to financial supporters. Concerning your assignment in my hand. Say, my father. Talk to financial supporter. Concerning your assignment in my hand. Shall we talk to God in prayers in the name of Jesus? 
Lord, we ask that you talk to financial supporters concerning that assignment that you have given to us. Lord, money supporters from the north, from the east, from the west, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, whatever they are, Father, talk to them. 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 In the mighty name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, thank you, Father. Oh, blessed be the holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. Before we, we collect a prophetic offering and we move forward, I want us to pray this very prayer point. Uh, you had the president talking to us of the time when God gave him an idea. You may not know, because you were not in the scene, you may not know the deliverance that that idea brought to church growth. But those of us that were in the scene, we understand better. That was when we were still at Okyodu, rented apartment, and the landlord is saying, we should move. They said that we come and buy that place, or we should move, and there was no money. And he just traveled and came back, and he said he had an idea. He had an idea. And he shared the idea. And we began to work on it. You will never believe it. It was that idea that manifested us at our present office now. Just one idea can give you the money that will move your ministry forward. You will cry out to God. Say, my father. Say, my father. Give me an idea that will move my ministry forward. Turn it to prayers in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Talk to God in prayers. Talk to God in prayers. An idea, O oh Lord. An idea, O oh Lord. An idea, O oh Lord, that we move our ministry forward. Lord, give us that idea. Give us that idea. Give us that idea. The idea, O oh Lord, that we move the ministry forward. In the mighty name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray.